Welcome to Zombocom. This is Zombocom. Welcome. Time to grind through the end of the week. It's the Grinding Gear Podcast. I'm on three hours of sleep, joined as always by Kyle Ferguson. <laughs> welcome, welcome. <laughs> I, I slept doing, better, dude? but yeah, I'm in a different time zone. So when we stopped the stream last night at 11 p.m., it was 2 a.m. for you, yep. and I had time to wind down. I made myself a turkey burger. I watched Gravity Falls and fell asleep on the couch and then relocated myself. But I too am exhausted after our mighty foray into Zone Two of Endwalker. Mm, it's fun. It's a good time. Uh, you're crackly, so I'm gonna change Discord real fast. Oh, oh okay. I'm gonna I'm try uh, try this thing. Am I am I good for you at home? Am I good for the people at home? Uh, you're on the screen. Probably inside. a Discord thing. You sound better now. Okay, perfect. You might have to shake my camera. I don't know. You look good. Oh, okay. I didn't know good? if you could see me or not. Yeah, Discord. Cool. Discord doing Discord things. Discord, yeah. You know, maybe maybe under a heavy load this morning. I don't know. As people talk about Starfield. Share the load? Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's it. That's it. Share the loading screen? <laughs> Let me know when we're back on. Are we, are, we, are we recording again or is this being edited? Oh, no, out? we're good. This is, all, this, is all, this is all going in. This is all going in. Uh, this, is, this is official. Let's do it. Let's all do it. All of it's going in. Um, uh, Kyle, we've got another Wheel of Garrett today. What? I've got, uh, I've got, I've got options oh. for the, the oh. top of the show banter. The story, uh, yes. Would you, would you like, would you like, uh, Ninja Turtles, Flash, latest Ahsoka episode, Hurricane, bass playing, or the fact that I'm going to New York City this weekend? Ooh, oh, those are all good. Those are all yeah. good options. Yeah, we, we don't have it on a wheel to actually spin, but, uh, you could choose your own Garrett Venture. I'm morbidly curious about the Ahsoka take, because I want piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> This week's episode is the dullest 30 minutes of TV I've watched in a while. Oh, it's only 30 minutes. All right. Thank you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was terrible. It, like, (laughs) didn't advance the plot at all. (laughs) All right. Then I'll pick another one. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for the mini spin. Uh, How about uh, the... What, what's in New York? What's going on in New York? Where are you? Where are you we're, we're just we're just going away. Oh, we've been, oh, yeah. to go. we've oh, been nice. talking about going to New York since co- since COVID, since the human race decided that COVID was over. Um, and uh, we finally just decided to, to rip it. Nice. How's, yeah, we decided to rip it. You guys doing your bar tours? Your, uh, your oh, God. Your, yeah. Your yeah. Death, no, and co. death and co will be our first and last stop while we're there nice. this weekend. <laughs> well, it won't be our first because they're not open early. We get in pretty early tomorrow. Uh, so we're doing a we're doing a, a, a cafe slash bar that okay. we really like. They do Italian fare and they having uh, they have a bunch of drinks, but they have a full Negroni menu. Mm. They have like I think twelve different types of Negronis they make. Um, so yeah, I did yeah. New and York. Got a tour. About, I did New York five years ago for a wedding. That's about how long it's been for me. Did we go to New York? Uh, we went twenty eighteen. Uh, maybe we go to new york in the same year maybe i don't know i was there for a wedding i was there for a big a big doctor's wedding so it was like it was you know it was fancy like the it was right there on the edge of the lady what's her name 
<laughs> green green lady out in the, the water. Uh, the Statue the, of Liberty? The Statue of Liberty, yes, yes. The one Wolverine <laughs> fought on top of. Oh, wow, you're... Wow. I don't... Wow. I don't Carl like Ferguson, it. the only way he can remember... The icon of our country is to think about a Canadian actor fighting on top of it. It was, it was a gift film. from the French and it got all confusing and they wanted us to pay for it or something. There's a whole backstory there. Oh, my God. It's been a while since I've played, you know, Carmen San Diego. I apologize. Oh, my word. I probably, it's, it's your own country. But I probably couldn't guess like all the presidents on Mount Rushmore. No, there's a hilarious episode of Transformers where Starscream char- carves his face into it. Hey, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't spend a lot of brain resources on these sort of things. My character yeah. sheet is specialized in other areas. Yeah, I always thought I was if Mountain Dew was a person and then I started talking to you daily. <laughs> well, it was right there. It was beautiful. It was absolutely an amazing an amazing wedding I got to go to. I stayed at Airbnb while it was still you know, a, a, a price, new thing, yeah, a price saver. There was a it was mm. a crazy thing where like all the gates in the neighborhood I stayed in were made of old bed frames, but it was like what everybody did. Everybody's like wall around their plot was made of old bed frames it's just what this neighborhood did it was neat one person did it and everyone yeah, else everyone was like, was like adorable. this is a I'm great freaking idea they're basically fences let's all do this <laughs> I, I had a solid time the thing that really upset me though is the library was closed and i wanted to go on my own ghostbusters tour so i went and saw the firehouse uh, i went and saw dana barrett's apartment i did you know central park but the library was closed for refurbishing I've and never been. It. I've been to New York City four times. This will be my fifth. I've never been to the library. The very I don't know if it was the first or second time I went, but I was still young. We went to the uh, Natural History Museum because I was a dinosaur freak. And that, that wing was closed when I went as a child. Right. Uh, this came up and Katie was like, we should go now. Yeah, fix that. So we're going to try and rectify my childhood disappointment while we're there. I was I was also in London in sixth grade, and the Egyptian ex- exhibit was closed at that time. That was majorly disappointing. Oh yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah that's like that's like the two things I always want to see if a, if a museum has them is fossils and Egyptian yeah. stuff. Yeah, I want to see the eyewitness stuff. Yes, exactly. I am a child of the nineties. I need textured <laughs> books with little gems in them and foldouts and tiny little envelopes <laughs> that I can open. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we're probably gonna we're gonna probably do that. Um, if not, a couple museums while we're there. Other than that, just gonna eat and drink our way through. Uh, gonna do uh, the Momofuku restaurant while we're there, which I'm really excited about. And uh, just have a just have a good old time. I like New York. I like nice. New York a lot. We have family up there. Might see my cousin. Um, that's where my whole my whole dad side of the family is either in Jersey or New York. So, so uh, might see some folks. So what you're saying is. Somehow, or you aren't going to be playing much video games this weekend. There will be no video games this holiday oh weekend. God. You're going to fall There'll so be, behind. You're gonna fall, yeah, it, it, it's 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 a fool's errand. This <laughs> I was never going to be ahead in the first place. Yeah, it's a uh, it's intense right now. It's it's crazy how much there is to do. Um, I'm. You got to be cautious though. You know, there's no there's no two week warnings on the internet. People do it for movies still, but the lessons of Elder, Elder, Elden Ring, I think, uh, made the internet a lot more aggressive about the spoilers. So it's, it's been rough out there. You can spoil Elden Ring? You, you, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I think it's harder to be spoiled in Elden Ring because it's, it's such a 
personal relationship with the boss and your build versus it, but they just tend to go a little hard. And like, you know, I'll, I'll be opening my start screen, you know, the, the search bar down there, because I'm going to type in OB to get my obs on. And it's like, <laughs> ah, how to romance giggle poops in act three. I'm like, I don't, I don't know who giggle poops is. Calm down, IGN. <laughs> Stop with your wikiification of your website. And, and let it happen. Just this morning, I was spoiled on an Armored Core boss because the old pop-up down there while I was looking for Spotify. As, uh, you're you're, you're uh, squarely in hating the player, not the game territory right now. Yes. Yeah. They, they yeah. Got, the they, only reason that happens games. is because it's successful. Exactly. It's, they it's all want to be there first. It's a race to get your guide out first. Yeah. To get the most SEO-friendly guide out into the world. Which, to be fair, if we're if we're judging content of the internet, better that than, you know, making up you can't land on gas giants or something like that to be outraged about. Are, are, is that a... Are you, are, you, Starfield are you not familiar with the, the the hunt for problems with Starfield that happened this last the, week? The, the game that's like not even officially out and people are basing things off of leaks from dubious sources. Well, yeah, they're incomplete stories. Hey, hey, everybody. Uh, we ran a esports and MOBA show for seven years straight. And I can tell you, if I want to tell a story with stats, I can do it. I can make up anything I want out of a pile of numbers. <laughs> I can tell you why some heroes are the best when they're clearly not by cherry picking anything. And there was a lot of cherry picking going on this past week that caused Starfield drama to kind of unleash. Devs got in on it. The, the internet was in on it. Websites were in on it. It was all just kind of messy. You know, Starfield is a very big game and it's hard to judge. We also today have a lot of those embargoes lifted a lot of scores are coming out my brain for some reason thinks eight out of ten is worse than four out of five because i see four out of five and i go "Ooh, well, that ain't too bad but i see out of ten i'm like mm, what's wrong with it so it's all it's all mental tricks we're all just animals at the end of the day confused and looking for a uh, food <laughs> I think most of us already know if we're interested in playing Starfield at launch. I not. think that's the case. And I think a lot of the weird reviews coming out right now are very based on if you can stomach Bethesda clunk or not. If you have, I'm going to say something really controversial, Kyle. Uh oh. I think there might be a culture of recreational outrage. No way. There might be. That might be going on out there. There might be people who have no intention of playing this game, but for some reason, their entertainment is just pretending to be mad about it publicly. Yep. Yep. That's why I don't go to Reddit much anymore. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, my favorite, favorite thing about not being involved with Blizzard anymore is I haven't visited Reddit this entire year. I go to the Here's the Storm Reddit probably once a week just to like check in, you know, and just be like, oh, how y'all doing? Just to see them talking about the same thing. Yeah, you know, but like it's cozy, right? I still I still like that game. I still play it from time to time. It's it's cozy, but it's still the same conversations that it was. I mean, my opinion of Reddit is not like the like, oh, my God, Reddit. Like, I'm not going there. It's more of a this is where people who aren't playing video games go right now. They're at work. They're sneaking this. They've got it on a side screen. They're tabbing out when the boss walks away. Like you're already in a situation that is making you grumpy because you aren't playing the video game you're talking about. So that we're already I, uh, on the back. Kyle course. came up with this pet theory like eight years ago, and I think it's divine. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think you're nail on the head. Are you currently typing about a video game instead of playing it? 
you're, you're probably already in a in a in a negative state. There's a difference, like when I text my buddy and I'm just busting out real quick, no periods, no commas, no exclamation points. We know we're both playing Baldur's Gate three right now, and we're talking, we're hanging out because we ain't got time for punctuation and proper exactly. grammar. You know where the people who are enjoying games are playing the they're game, playing the video game. Yeah. They're playing the video game. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Or they're cheering on their favorite streamer in a chat somewhere. True, true. While, while they can't be playing. You know, but that's, yes. That's, that's it, another option. To, to dive into that, like right now, uh, Starfield is my sacrificial lamb. I am going to let it go. going to let it slide on by. I have zero anger at Bethesda. Like, I'm not... I think it's going to be a clunky launch. Seems okay. Seems like it's going okay with the early access stuff. But I, I just... Yeah... I've played them. There was a magic in Fallout 3 that I really enjoyed. And maybe, maybe if there's like some real, some real horror in there to get at, I might get involved, right? If people really start being like, hey, you know, there's this infested base with all the dead bodies around and like the bugs are crawling out of people's eyeballs or whatever. And I'm gonna be like, oh man, that sounds great. I can't wait to hook up my dryer tubes to my landing gear and and go explore that planet. But you're tired, dude. Yeah, well, you know, it's the NASA funk, right? It's a very uh oh, goodness. wrapped in plastic kind of look. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very unique look. And I've seen some reviews this morning, and they are for the most part glowing. Like there is very much the uncanny valley, Bethesda stares at you, there's writing issues. That's what their games look like. Yeah. Uh, you can clearly That's tell who is a main character by if they have any custom hair or not, and then you'll run at other people who are like, Whoa, you were randomized, weren't you? And the old character creator. <laughs> and that's yeah, that's just Bethesda clunk. But there was a magic in Fallout for me of going through a super mutant base with all the entrails scattered on the walls and being like, this is creepy as shit. And like turning on the radio. I don't want to set the world. Like being this, this horrifying environment and like overcoming it with chop that meat. It just, it gave me, it gave a vibe. And I don't know if Starfield is going to have that for me. Okay. It's got base Fair. building. It's got ship design, like Legos. It looks really, really cool. And can you live out your Firefly fantasy? It doesn't really seem like it. You'll be living more of a, I don't know, more of a Ripley fantasy, but I don't know if the aliens are there. I think it's, I think it's whatever fantasy you want it to be. Ideally, and, and that's why I think why there are like I think if you very specifically want alien horror, I don't think you're going to get what you want. No, but if, if it can leak in there, if it can just have that little bit like the like the zombies and fallout New Vegas or whatever, like just that little bit of horror is like the, the tiny piece I need. Space should be horrifying because it is. And we'll see. We'll see there. But I've got I've got a lot okay. I'm really enjoying right now. Okay. I really want to play it. And I just don't think I have time. So, yeah, so well, you, when you get back, maybe you can kind of jump in, explore it, and we can talk about it next week. And I would be very curious we'll because you're into the aesthetic where you're going to go with that. Very specifically, yeah, the, like the look of the ships. Like, I, I don't like the best Bethesda aesthetic. It's like it, the, the overly symmetrical faces freak me out, but I'm kind of used to it at this point. Like, I've got nothing new to say on that front. But yeah, uh, it looks like my jam. Um, just time <laughs> time if there's any reason um i like if there's anything in my life that uh, actually helps with wanting to burn through and walker faster it's just all these other games i want to play <laughs> that's it yeah that's it but uh 
takes a long time to make those videos. So that ain't going to happen. Nope. No, and Ann Walker's very good. Uh, if you haven't heard the critically acclaimed uh, Final Fantasy XIV, it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good game. Yeah. It's pretty good it game. dives right in, which is really nice. You know, a lot of MMOs have such a load up to get to the business. And this just seems like it's all business. You know, we're meeting new people, but it's very much in the wheelhouse of the lore you already understand and know. And we're just playing with those action figures. Well, if you want to help us play with real action figures, you can uh, support us monetarily mm. by going to supportourbromance.com. That will take you directly to our Patreon, uh, which we really do appreciate the support, everybody. Uh, you can also become a YouTube member or uh, head on over to our store. Buy ourbromance.com. Got some merch for you over there, some shirts, some stickers, some prints, some coffee mugs. Go check it out. Thanks for the support, everyone. And now let's get into this week's news. Good, 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 good. Oh, great news, everyone. Shove it. Uh, Kyle, I would like to rip off an article from Polygon for the purposes of having the same conversation with you. Okay. <laughs> There's what I think is a really good article over on Polygon right now by uh, Petrana uh, Radulovic. I hope I'm pronouncing that even remotely correctly, uh, called uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is changing the way people play D&D for the better. And I like this article. And uh, it's happening to me. Basically, this is the TLDR on it. I highly recommend going reading it because I think it's a really well-written piece. But uh, is that uh, a lot of people find the rules of D&D a little daunting? And if going through it with so much of it kind of uh, the clunk of it smoothed out for you in Baldur's Gate 3 helps people understand 5e better. And that's certainly how I feel because I don't think even though I played a, a decent amount of D&D in my time, it's like spell slots. I've, I've always just gone cross-eyed when I start, when people start talking about spell slots, for example. And now I feel like I ever, I never understood preparing spells, but I also like usually would play a barbarian. So like spells weren't as much of a thing for me, but yeah. Sure. And that's very much up to the, your DM. There's always going to be the hardcore DMs, the chill DMs, the ones that let you change out spells if you want. And, Baldur's Gate is very casual about it because I remember we were playing on stream and you asked if I had a certain spell and I was like, no, and I, we got to go long rest because I got to trade it out when I sleep and do all this and I have to prepare in the morning. Chat was like, no, you just, just open your menu you as long just, as you're not in combat. You just do it. Yeah, yeah. So it does, yeah, it does make some things easier for the sake of being a video game. Um, but there's still a lot that I feel like I understand now that I just never got before. Like I never understood and it's so fun because when you see it in video game form, it makes all the sense in the world. And I feel dumb. I'm like, yeah, I completely like you show me another video game. Like, look, Diablo is a good example. You have X amount of buttons that you can put abilities on, but you can have way more abilities than you have buttons. That's basically spell slots. Oh, I never sure. really got that. Yeah. I never understood that until I played Baldur's Gate 3. I, I also think this is this is going kind of deep down the D&D rabbit hole, but I think Wizards of the Coast did a big disservice to new players by not really leaving a spellcasting class easy anymore. Really, what I'm referring to is sorcerer and sorcerer points are completely overwhelming for any new players. And sorcerers used to be like, do you want to cast spells? Do you want to just like huck some fireballs? Awesome. Do it. You were born with the power. You can cast whatever you want, just as long as you stick to your spell spots per day with no preparation. Preparation is also really fun as a DM, because if you are aware enough, you have the spare brain PM, you can be like, oh, ooh, you prepared like lesser restoration today. Cool. You know, I'll, I'll make sure I throw in a poison or disease or something for you. And we can take advantage of that prepared spell slot. 
Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because it's I screwed up multiple times in one shots I've done with friends. Where I'm just like, well, I have the spell. They're like, well, you didn't prepare it. I'm like, huh? <laughs> so yeah, it yeah, it 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 it's complicated, and I think that Baldur's Gate three, much like the original wave of Critical Role, is going to give a lot of people that itch to try it out for real. And I think it does a pretty good job, particularly because it lays so much on the DM's decision of when you roll things, and that's the proper way to begin. If you play with an experienced player and the DM is down with it, there's a lot of like, I roll perceptions, DM goes, go for it. But that's also like a character type. That's that player's type of play. For the most part, you wait around for the DM's prompt as to what you do. And I often warn my players if we're entering more of an open world kind of zone where I want you to make all those decisions for yourself. Like I'm not mm. going to make you do a perception when you walk in the king's chamber because that's on you now. However, I will call you out if you start to lie to make that deception check or that performance check to try to convince somebody of what you're up to. Ah, gotcha. I, I, to me, one of the, my favorite parts of any tabletop is uh, not expecting it and then hearing, uh, could you, uh, could you roll a perception check? Like the, just the, 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 oh God, what's going to happen? Like, I like that. I like when that happens. It's a fun moment, and there's certainly that in Boulder's Gate 3 as you walk around and you fail all four perception checks and you go, oh, you get some little meta-knowledge in the background that there there might just be like a pile of treasure under the ground, but there could also be horrible, horrible traps around every corner. Also, they nailed the horniness of D&D players, so that's uh, on point, too. <laughs> Again, something I've never experienced because I didn't start tabletop until my mid-20s and everyone I played with was married. That's true, and yes, there is a... Uh, a faux pas of getting Randy with your spouse at the table. You know, please don't. <laughs> Even though we're all we're all aware you're together. You know, try not, and particularly if you're dating the DM, you know, don't don't try to Ew, get there. a room. Yeah, just you know, just Ew. take a back seat, right? But it can be very fun, particularly when I was playing in high school. It was very, it was very, very common for people to kind of explore relationships. And then those two people start dating and then they stop coming to the game because they were too busy on their dates. And so you'd have to fill in for them. And then they'd kind of show up Gandalf style and you work them in once in a while. And it's a D&D is a messy thing. And so is Baldur's Gate 3 because it's so damn massive, much like a D&D game. It takes years to get through. I'm still in Act 1. I'm having a wonderful time. All my friends are in Act 3. And still having a good time, too. There was a big patch put out this week that changed a lot of story things in Act 3, I'm hearing. I, I think it just kind of cleaned up some character moments. But Yeah, I've been, I've been hearing a lot of not-so-great vibes about Act 3. A lot of it is where the crunch comes in of all your decisions previous. And I think it's very easy to get to Act 3, the vibe I'm getting is that it's easy to get to Act 3 and be like, oh my god, first of all, a 100-hour game got me here, and now I feel like I've ruined everything and I need to restart. Mm. I think the biggest lesson in this conversation, going back to our original conversation, is a hunt for power is probably the best way to run a D&D &D campaign, and that's what Larian did for level 1 through 7 or so. It's such okay. a good idea. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm being intentionally vague because I haven't gone deeper because I don't want to spoil Act 3 for myself, but yeah, I've just seen yeah. some some folks that are not as uh, in love with it as they were with, say, Act 1. Exactly. And Act 1 is this, like, you, you're kind of looking for a plot. If you're a very kind of plot-heavy gamer, you might be going in there, you're like, what, what am I supposed to be doing? 
and there's many plots in the main plot, but for the most part, like the game basically pulls you aside and like, the point is get some levels so you don't die in act two. Just focus <laughs> on that. And that's the part of act one that threw me for a loop was like, I was like, oh, this is a video game yeah. still like yeah. as, as freedom, as free as I feel to go and enjoy my D and D life. It's still a video game ass video game. You got to grind. You got to get some levels or you will get forked up <laughs> by some baddies. I think it works really well with D and D. There's always a, a power escalation issue. And much like Marvel movies, there's a planular issue with D and D people get into it. And oftentimes, 90% of the time, your first adventure is going to be your humble Hamlet was attacked by goblins. I, the mayor, would like you to deal with said goblins. Go get them. And the big <laughs> surprise is there's a hobgoblin or a bugbear leading the goblins. Oh, my goodness. How? And that's exactly what Larian did. You know, the same style. But that goblin is often a worshiper of Nair rule. So you end up on this epic quest from level one to go kill the god of death or something like that. And Larian basically said, hey, let's introduce the entire multiverse in your first 20 minutes of the video game and then give you that goblin adventure and still at the end of the day say, and that was just for levels. Don't worry about that part too much. It'll work mm. in. There's, there's, you know, there's breadcrumbs all along it if you want to pick them up. But for the most part, you know, just go level up. And I think that's a very powerful way to run D&D when it is so multiplanular. It can be very overwhelming when the dm opens up that late game and says okay you're on an astral boat now well i thought i was i thought i was like a local town hero and we were you know looking for magic items and stuff nah get on the boat you're going to space <laughs> uh do you want to go to space in conversation okay maybe maybe a galaxy far far away oh what oh oh yes i heard about this <laughs> we're getting dark forces remaster i the original dark forces this is a uh, a Doom clone of the time. Is that what was was is that what one of these was? Um, more or less, in ways, it was much more technologically advanced than Doom at the time. Okay, but uh, but yeah, uh, so Dark Force is getting a remaster. This is being done by Night Dive Studios. You may know them for putting out the recent remaster of System Shock. I guess they also did a Quake Two remaster, which I was completely unaware of. Um, but whoa, wait, did System Shock? Oh, the remaster. Okay, because there's a new System Shock coming out, and I never played System Shock, so I want to do that. It's this, and it's out. Wait, System Shock came out? This is the System Shock remaster. They made it, and it's out. You can get it now. It's been out for months. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it reviewed pretty well. I haven't oh. played it. I don't any damn time, but it's uh, people have uh, seemed pretty happy with it. So what's but, so you played this growing up? This was the first time I ever needed to crack open a computer. My oh, uh, my, uh, oh. my my family's first computer, which was I, I was it was they were super strict about me using it because they bought it for their their business um, that my parents still run out of their home, um, and I remember I don't remember what laughably tiny amount of RAM we needed, but we didn't have enough of it, and so I remember begging begging my parents to get more ram and eventually i don't remember i think i eventually was like well little little your computer will perform better i didn't know if that was true uh but i think that's how i won i think that's how i eventually won that 
and uh, folks, uh, dad came home one day with like an extra stick of RAM, figured I had to get it in there. And uh, this is like the first proper PC game I ever played. Damn, I had to get a Voodoo 3 installed in my computer, but that would have been for Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. That was my first case cracking open. So was a, that one was a bit more graphically demanding than a Doom knockoff or Doom engine run. Yeah, because I think game. I think the big thing was that Doom didn't the first Doom didn't have mouse look, but Dark Forces did. Interesting. So it was like like a huge improvement at the time. Um, I do. Remember, I mean, I played Doom back then, but that was like over at a friend's house. Um, there's no universe where my parents would have let me play Doom. Like, absolutely not. Absolutely freaking not. Sure. Uh, um, multiple reasons, I'm sure. But yeah, I, I was so stoked to play this game. And also uh, the kicker for me was our uh, computer didn't have a sound card. So I beat the entire game with no sound. I was like, I was that I was that freaking into it. I just I just wanted 3D Star Wars so didn't bad. Care, even though it was like, yeah. Not like technically three. I mean, I guess the environments were very rudimentary 3D, but the uh, the you were fighting sprites like animated sprites. Yeah. And from what I'm seeing here, just like Doom, it kind of did the aim up for you. So you didn't have the full 3D motion yet. You were very much on firing on correct, the level. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You were kind of just go. You, you had horizontal freedom. Yeah. 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 But not like um, on a X axis or Y, y axis. You, you didn't have Y axis freedom. But you had X axis freedom. Um. And I, wait, hold on. You like Jedi Outcast, right? Yes. Yes. So this is the first game in that series. Yeah, the the first Kyle Katarn game. I I never K- played Katarn. Yes. Katarn. Yeah, Kyle Katarn. This is the fir- this is the debut of Kyle Katarn in the now decanonized uh, the, the the very first Dark Forces. You are stealing the Death Star plants. Oh well, I guess I would kind of step on the toes of everybody else who has stolen those plants. So yes, maybe yes, yes might be an yeah. issue. Yeah, ro- ro- so I think it was very it had to have been specifically. Death Star 1, because by then we already have Return of the Jedi, which mentioned the Bothan spies I for mean, Death Star 2. He was. He's milk toast, you know, he's he's. Playing. Oh, yeah, he's he's rando uh, audience stand in video game hero yeah, man. If, if Disney Plus came out and was like, we're doing it, we're making the Kyle Katarn game or the movie, I would be so bored instantly. I love I love Outcast. I think Outcast had a cool story power system lightsaber combat was amazing i loved holocron mode i think uh Dasan the t-rex dark jedi was goofy but had a great voice i would be <laughs> i'd have zero interest in exploring kyle katarn in some movie <laughs> I, know, I still i'm still holding out hope that we get a freaking hawk 290 in one of these which was his uh his ship which by the way the official name of ship. kyle katarn's ship do you know what it is kyle not off the top of my head it's called the Moldy Crow. The Moldy Crow. Yep. Yep. I, I it is such a, it, it it's such a bad ship design because it like it canon in in the old canon that's what it looked like because of the graphics available to them at the time. <laughs> I have so much nostalgia for this crappy starship. It's serviceable. It's not lived in like a Mando ship is now. It's very much a tube in space, which I guess isn't terribly different from what um, a, a Fallen Order guy had. He had a bit more living space, but yeah, I mean, I mean the Mulder Crow is very uh, rectangular. It looks like an RV in like an old RV in space. Yeah, than, yeah, it's, it's pulling more of the tube. Those seventies vibes. Yeah, very, very much so. But yeah, yeah, uh, this, uh, they, this studio has built their own in-house engine 
for remastering these old PC classics. And that's and they're using it again here. I think it's called okay. the Kex engine. That's what you're, they're using for this. And they've got some they've got some um, stills up and it looks pretty darn good. It's not losing the charm <laughs> of that old style of graphics. But now you can you're apparently going to be able to crank this sucker to 4K. It has widescreen support uh, and it's going to be able to do 60 FPS because this game was was locked to four by three back when it came out. It was fun in that era of like New Hope slash original movie adjacent activities. Like I played the hell out of uh, Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, yeah, that uh, was a, like Rebel Alliance, which was like a weird suit. No, was it full on FMV? Those games were weird, but I loved playing them. Like, yeah, this is all pre prequel. So like I was already a Star Wars nerd and this is the only extra Star Wars I had because I didn't like reading. <laughs> so Star Wars PC games were my shit. I mean, to be fair, the books were they were written for adults. Like nowadays we have this magical term called young adult novel where it I think it it's more emotion based. It communicates in simpler language, maybe less flowery. It's not emulating the old fantasy novels, the Wheel of Times kind of stuff. And when you cracked open your first book with Luke Skywalker on the cover, you were in for an awful shock that you were unable to read said content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wasn't much of a reader growing up. But yeah, this is where all of my like everyone I meet is like, oh, this thinks it's weird. I wasn't in the EU and all that stuff like this. This was my EU. If it was a Star Wars PC game, I probably played it. And that was that was my jam. Um Eventually, I found TIE Fighter, and that that was like my PC obsession until Half-Life. I can see this game making its way into our house. Uh, Kristen is a huge Doom fan and has played all the remasters of the old Dooms now. Oh, okay. Oh, oh okay. I was going to say, I'm like, it's old. Yeah. <laughs> so no, she, don't think about new down. Doom. Yeah. But if she's down with Doom 1, she'll have a good time with this. She was the eldest her dad played these video games and, you know, of course, it's satanic symbols, you know, the, the violence. Like, it was the first kid. And with your first kid, you kind of go, is is this too much? So she got to, like, hang out with dad while he was playing Doom back in the day. And it, it resonated and thus created a Dark Souls Doom-loving Kristen. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Mortal Kombat was the violent video game fight I eventually won. Did you ever have that? Was there a game you weren't allowed to play? I mean, it was it was self-imposed, too, because I was disturbed by Mortal Kombat for the most part. <laughs> like like arcade Mortal Kombat wasn't as bad as what was it like Sub-Zero's Adventure? It was like a weird side scrolling. But also oh, my God, Mortal I haven't Kombat. thought about the, the, the single player yeah. Sub-Zero game. Uh, in forever yeah that one was uh, like extra violent and that's the one i, I ended up play like, renting and i was like it would take this back i'm scared so i i, I remember that, I th that was the first time in my life i was ever like oh this isn't real insert game here <laughs> like, it was the first time i ever had a thought like that it's an interesting discovery right the buyer's remorse when you didn't pay for it as a child mm, yeah and that was renter's yeah. remorse in that case <laughs> well you know it was it was a big deal when when your folks let you 
you know, let you rent a game from Blockbuster. But yeah, my parents didn't let me play Goldeneye. Uh, you know, they had their they had their limitations. Oh, I remember this because, yeah, there there was some point where they were like they brought you, the, they gave you the game and they're like, all right, you're ready for this. And you're like, I've already played the living hell out of millions this of house. times at friend's house. Yeah, but it was yeah. still nice to have my own copy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not, not to judge your parents, but that's a little late. You were you were old. I, but I also I played into this. You know, I was I was the one they they labeled me sensitive, which is on them. But I was also playing the role. Exactly. Yes. Yes. You know, what, nature, nurture, like you keep telling the kid they're sensitive. Does that make them more sensitive? Maybe. But also, you know, I have an overactive imagination. I could see something and just play with it for mm. hours. So naturally, I walked in on my friends. We were doing a lock in and there was a bunch of my friends in the other room and they were watching Aliens, too. And of course, I walked right in the kill me scene. So I spent the next five years not watching Aliens, too, until college oh. because it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, I watched I I'm I... like, oh, my God. Ooh, this is amazing. What? There's an Aliens one. Oh, my God. And like, it, you know, my sensibilities had changed and I had developed resilience and proper breathing to go to bed at night. My dad was watching Alien one and I wandered out and I was just like. I think they were, it was a scene where they found the space jockey, like they were in the ruin of the spaceship. So like, and I was, I was just captivated by how it looked. I'm like, dad, what is this? And he's like, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Join me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I there, think there's I was no, like seven or eight. Well, and they didn't have the internet. They did the best they could. And there was no, you know, you can call it hypocrisy, but they did the best they could. There was no filter as to why this movie was okay. And this one wasn't. And, you know, it was all about what you remembered from it. Yeah. So. Yeah. He tried to keep me off Terminator and Predator for a while. I remember having a well, big... I, that was years after I watched Alien and Aliens. I'm going through this right now because Target and toy stores have Five Nights at Freddy's toys. And so they're oh, fascinating is, because... Is Flynn drawn to them? Well, they're robots, right? They're horrible, sharp-toothed, bunny-thing robots. And the toys are, of course, static devices that kind of look like the movie Power Rangers toys they're putting out right now that are more techno and, you know, layered inside with more mm. moving gears and pieces. So I'm walking around, you know, I'd say the last week we've spent kind of him being, I'm not scared. I'm brave. I could play Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm like, no, you're not playing Five Nights at Freddy's, but <laughs> man, that's not happening. You're almost You say that now. <laughs> and you're not playing Five Nights at Freddy's. Well, he can't even handle the beginning of Madagascar where, you know, the lion pops up and goes, boo, and scares the zebra off the treadmill. You know, I've tried firing up a new hope and just like tension of everyone kind of sitting in the ship and the clanking and the like that atmosphere makes them run mm. to the other room but we are drawn to things that scare us we want to see more of them and yep i'm also i've watched a lot of game theory not recently but you know uh game theory was huge on five nights and freddy's so i know a lot of the deep behind the scenes put together put together the puzzle pieces lore of that game and it is very disturbing as a kid of course you're more edgy you don't really think about those things in that way you're not also concerned. probably won't even pick up on it if you're right. having to watch an explainer right. video about but, it. But still, you know, the, the the crush of 86 or whatever, I don't think a four-year-old should be getting into Five Nights at Freddy's, but there are the toys. Mm. It happens. It happens. Yeah, we're all curious. We all want to see what's around the corner. Watch that back wall near the gaming section in Target, because that's where they have, like, the collectible toys. So they have, like terminator stuff and <laughs> yeah those are all I, those are Horror actually movies those are like on the other side of the tvs and targets so we don't yes, really go yeah we don't really go over there yeah 
Yeah, I, I stumbled across it recently. I was like, I had no idea this was back here. Look at all this crap. That's a big nostalgia fire for me. I love it. Yeah, it's a weird um, collection, right? It it feels money grubby. Like it, it kind of. Oh, what it one hundred percent is. Yeah, yeah. Now that they're um, not there to make money, right? But something about like Target being like, hey. We have anime toys. I'm like, oh, you guys are gross. You're just going. You're Dude, just I was in money. I rent. So we had the hurricane this week. I ran to Walmart the day before the hurricane hit uh, to stock up on paper towels. And uh, I walked past like the book section and they had an entire end cap of read it right to left manga. Hmm. And I was like, damn, a whole end cap <laughs> of right to left manga at Walmart. My little I, 12 year old me would have lost his shit. We made it, nerds. We won. We did it. We're here. <laughs> we have disposable income. <laughs> you know, that's a, it's it's a little twisted, <sighs> but I do. You know, I would much appreciate that than feeling like I got to go in the seedy sword laden mall store and wander the back as some, you know, disgruntled employee eyes me angrily. Oh, I like the sword store. Yeah, you like the sword store? You <laughs> I always like the sword store. You like balancing your master sword to see if it's properly aligned. Well, the place here always had uh, the master replicas lightsabers. Oh, um, I see. Yeah, so I would go in there and, and check those out. Res, uh, rest in peace, master replicas. No longer exists. But yes. Yes. Yeah, I'd sit there and check the tang on my lightsaber. Exactly. And make, yeah. sure, make sure it's accurate. Oh my god uh well uh speaking of accuracy you want to talk about shooting things in robots yes oh. let's talk about what we've been playing and kyle i have a surprise for you oh i've played two hours of armored core 6 oh you picked it up oh cool <laughs> i did pick it up awesome i did pick it up i'm like I, I, I was sitting there uh, falling asleep last night. I'm like, tomorrow's podcast is going to suck if I don't at least have a base level <laughs> understanding of Armored Core 6. <laughs> I mean, we would have turned into a like, can Kyle sell Garrett on Armored Core? And is there, you you've know. already been trying. Yeah. You've already been trying. <laughs> so I have it. Uh, I recorded the whole experience with commentary. I have no idea if it's entertaining and I'll actually release it, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, yeah, um, put that up as a little bonus on the Patreon. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, dude, uh, I really like how that game controls. Those controls are fun. I have never freaking played an armor core game in my life. Uh, and it was so much fun until I got to the helicopter. Uh, yeah, that's most people experience. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like you feel like a badass. I'm like, holy shit, this doesn't feel like a FromSoft game. Like I'm owning like it to me. It felt like like the the heyday of like OG PS2 originals, like Zone of Enders mixed with my weird obsession with the Mobile Suit Gundam game on PS2. Like it zapped me back, man. I had a good morning today. I sat here with my coffee and I played Armor Core 6 and it was great. At a good time. What'd you get it um, on? Uh, I just bought it on Steam. Okay, so you were playing at your desk? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, I know I know. you said hit it up on the TV, but I'm like, if I actually like this thing, there's no way Katie's sitting through this game. It's there's, a, there's no universe. Yeah. There's no universe where I'm holding the TV hostage with this game, so this, this would be a uh, go-to-my-corner go game. It's, <laughs> if it was like a linear game, I might subject your family to it. 
and say like, ah, it's not that bad, but this is the kind of game where you stumble through a playthrough one and you go, oh. the, the narrative is uh, still screens. Like I'm playing Brood yeah. War. Like there, there's really not much in the way of a, 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 an exciting narrative uh, for, for, you know, uh, bystanders to behold there could be way more yes i don't know maybe the handler slowly falls in love with you or something like that like there could there could definitely be more story and there isn't yeah yeah but um yeah i was impressed like right away i like i i barely customized my my uh, ac i guess they refer to them as right okay um, so you did beat the helicopter my, uh yes yes i did beat the helicopter got it in i think four tries that's not too bad no, I was pretty proud of myself. I did get annoyed at one point. Uh, I, here's here's a here's a trigger for me, Kyle. Here's a trigger for me. <laughs> okay. Don't judge me. I'm just being honest. This okay. is a thing that triggers me in games. Uh, when the boss can move further out of the arena than you can. Uh, yes, when you're locked behind the wall there. That royally pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> like royally angers me. Um, so when that happened, I was like, all right, this game has annoyed me. I'm going to look up tips. And I love the first damn thing I found was get good. It literally the guide was like three paragraphs to eventually just say get good. Uh, but then I saw one other thing that was like, uh, just be aggressive, like stay under it and use your melee attack more than you think. I was like, okay, let me try that. And it took me, I think two or three tries after that point. And yeah, I got it. Like being aggressive was way more effective. There's a rhythm to it. And the helicopter boss doesn't really teach you how to deal with other mechs it's a helicopter you know it's just a giant plane flying around so you're not really learning lessons for the future but it is i think it's kind of a streamer moment that they were going for i bet you they kind of had that in mind it's not uncommon to find people day one on that boss for four hours there was a lot of filtering people will call it going on on twitch on day one filtering yeah well the game filters you right the game uh is too hard oh, for you it, it, gotcha. it tells you no you will not be playing me and i don't think that first boss is the best representation of what the game has to give plus the customization is where it's at like it's this give and take of wow i'm awful can i upgrade myself maybe i'll redo an old mission to get more money and that's how we're playing it in this house we've got one account going Kristen will do the initial level, beat it, and then I'll do the replay for the bonus money. And then, you know, I've done some levels multiple times because it's just fun to see how your armored core, your mech is going to do if you change out your loadout and see what you can make out of it. Mm. There's also just straight up walls that'll happen where it's like, yeah, you didn't have enough vertical thrust to beat this level. There's no way you can scale this robot. So uh, restart. Bad ah, okay see so yeah that, that's the kind of thing where like my lack of patience kicks in and i would probably turn to a guide because it's like I, the the trial and error of just like being wrong on a build that's not fun for me i like it when i like the build because it challenges me uh if i'm doing mm. a build i don't like and that's the way to beat it i'm gonna say bullshit your game is bad i don't i don't want to play something <laughs> i'm not enjoying because that's the best way to do it and that might be the case but i'm not looking at any guides i don't think there's anything wrong with running a guide for a no, I think game. I think for me this is probably a, a guide yeah, style game. Absolutely. Because like it, it, it. it's still a game where you need to execute. So I'm like, well, if I have to execute, I don't also want to trial and error. I get like that. One of one or the other is usually what I have have mental capacity for in a game. But um yeah, my, my gut reaction is uh I'm impressed. Uh just stayed away from these games my whole life. 
because uh, I was just like, well, it's not a mobile suit. So, but uh, the legs look like a mobile suit. So that's doing a lot of the heavy lifting for me right now. Yes, you can have straight up tank treads on your bottom, which a lot of streamers I haven't gotten to that using. point yet. Yeah. I haven't unlocked that yet. Yeah, a lot of people are using because the health upgrade is just absurd with those particular legs. But I do enjoy the more uh, Gundam style looks. And I have a build I called Alucard, which A1 card because, you know, it's a robot after all. Where I have two like giant, basically magnum giga pistols, and I use that to break and stagger the enemy, and then I do a uh, the, double load charge giant laser shot. The pistol just made me giggle when I saw them. Like the idea of just a giant pistol for a for a robot, I find just so amusing. It's but great. Um, I went and looked it up, and I guess they're actually a pretty good starter gun. Oh, nice, they're, I nice. guess they're pretty. I guess they're fairly accurate, and they hit pretty hard. Just that I think the downside was they don't have a lot of ammunition in the magazine. Yes, but. yes, I, I did have to punch several bosses to advance. I, when you, like a badass, you know, your gun runs out, you just cast it aside, you throw it away because it'll reduce your weight load and stuff by getting Wait, rid of it. You can throw down your gun? Well, it auto drops for you. Like if your gun runs out of ammo, your oh, gun I will eject from your body. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. I did, because I, I did, I ran out of missiles. Um, the, first time i tried fighting the boss and i was like well what the hell am i supposed to do now <laughs> how do i get more ammo and it's like it's not that kind of game yeah it, you don't pick up ammo crates there's nothing you loot off of enemies and that's very much that garage kind of feel is you go well, well right like so much of your build would be lost if that was the case right like it's there's a, as much of this game is about preparing yes and I don't think it's a bad thing, even though I'd like I don't think that part of it is for me. I don't think it's a bad. Like, I could totally get it. Like, that's just as much a part of the game. Um, but like, I'm just like, oh, I somebody out there is like stayed up all night finding a right build. And I'm never going to put that into it. <laughs> like, It's also not entirely clear because and this might just be an armored core. We're on the sixth game, by the way, you know, and maybe more if there's like mobile games. I'm not aware of like Final Fantasy. It's easy to say, well, 14 was that's not true. 14 was like, oh, the you're going to play the PSP version. Yeah. It's just it's just wonderful. Right, right. So I don't know if this is tradition. I don't know what has been carried over from other games, but expanding your ammo really isn't a thing like in most build your own games you kind of have like an ammo reserve thing you can like put on your legs or you have like ammo shoulders and in this case it's all the gun and so i find myself not spamming with my giant pistols i'm a lot more meditative i go for that stagger and then i load up my big cannons and i'm just having a great time with that back and forth ebb and flow between the garage and the game, the garage and the game and replaying levels is really, really fun because of that. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, you play a different depending on your build, right? Uh, but I'm just so it's also nebulous, like end load. It's like end and supply low. And you're like, what does that mean? And you you do like this. You're it doesn't really say your battery, your generator can't sustain your robot. It's some fantasy language that you know. I, I had to Google to figure out yeah, what's the what's the like the begin button it's like suffy sati i don't remember it's yeah. some weird word that doesn't make any sense to me i'm like i think this is oh, how sorty. I like yeah sorty sorty, sorty. yeah so sorty there sorty you go i'm like what that, the hell is sorty that's like an in-universe kind of idea of like a skirmish it's like a fancy way to say skirmish okay gotcha Which i think yeah. lends itself to the replayability of the levels because there's training missions, there's arenas, and then there's sorties. And sortie isn't always advanced the main plot. It's sometimes go back for money on old levels. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, so smitten by the mobility. It's fun boosting around, isn't it? 
Yeah, because you see FromSoft and like Elden Ring was my first FromSoft game because I was just like so put off hearing how hard their games were and how mean the people that play the games are. Um, <laughs> so like I just stayed away from it and I played Elden Ring and I was like, oh, I just want to do Sword and Board because I heard that's always like the, the classic way to do it. And I like that. I like the meditative kind of intentional play that that, that brings. But holy shit, God damn, do I just love having boost on all the time and strafing in and out from behind entire buildings. Yeah. It's it's fun ice skating, and I didn't think I yes. would like it that much uh, because you know I like my I like running robots, you know I, I don't want to skate everywhere. But the mobility is fun. I've heard, and I haven't actually looked this up, so this might not be true, but I did hear that this was designed by the Sekiro designer, which is why mobility is so played out uh, in comparison okay. to something like Elden Ring. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's um, it's awesome the moving around in this game is fun as hell like i'm i'm a like i can really get sold on a game just by mobility it's why i'm like such a i'm so weirdly obsessed with the spider-man games the mobility in those games just feel amazing like i could just sit there for an hour and just swing around new york i don't even need to play the game and that's kind of how i feel with this i've i'm like can i can you send me to an empty level and just let me pilot this thing because it just feels so good to move around in this game like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm impressed. I'm moving at the end of the year. Otherwise, I think I'd be shopping for a nice TV because <laughs> I've got, I've got a, I've, I still do a TV less living room. You know, I, I, I like the vibe. I like the vibe. I'm in my office all day. I don't want to come out and have the TV be the centerpiece of my whole world, nor do I want to subject a uh, four year old to the conversation of that TV doesn't go on right now rather than it just doesn't exist. So on the weekends, I have this old, <laughs> old crappy. 1080p from 2013 that I bring out to the living room and we were playing on it and it was okay and there's it's readable right it's HD enough that I, I can read the text but when you load up there's this nice like like matrixy kind of crawl that happens and the zoom I out I love thing. the UI the UI yeah. design is gorgeous and so I took it you know weekend was ending it was Sunday night kids were in bed so I brought it back into the office and I took it to my 1440 that I got just this year Oh my god, I put on my headphones instead of the little Logitech dealies I was using in the living room and oh my god, it's so beautiful. And I am so this would be my Indiana Jones ball rolling. This is my apocalypse now. My dad would do like I really want to get the big TV with the sound system and I'm not going to cuz I'm moving at the end of this year and I'm not going to haul a TV with me but oh man, I haven't wanted that so bad. Mm. It's handsome. I spent a good 20 minutes painting my mech. Yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. Tried to make it look like my car. Ooh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah it's like, like the gray and day glow orange. Have you okay, gotten into the I'm sure if you just were playing this morning, you haven't gotten into the decal scene where people are sharing their codes. So you can. How do you find it? Is there is it entirely out of game? You have to go find someone's code. I've just been seeing them on Twitter and shared in our own discord. Okay, There's a channel called The Garage. There is a remarkable uh, connection in my brain between this game and like every car game I play. Um, and in Forza, you, in the game itself, you can just browse other people's designs and they're like upvoted and shit. So like the most popular stuff is at the top. Yeah. And um, that so might was, be the case was, on like was, Steam or something. I was looking for this and I couldn't find anything like that. Uh, people said you have to use a website online. Okay. All right. Gotcha. So, little little old school it, it's way, like a 14 
you know, numbered code. But hey, if you really want Kermit with an AK-47 on the side of your ship, you might be willing to enter said 14-digit code. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the the fabulous things people are making. I saw one yesterday that was just uh, be patient, student driver. And, you know, the little yellow tag you can put on there. Just a sticker on the the back of your Mac. (laughs) And these are all made out of shapes. Like, people are using the creator in there, which is just triangles, hearts, stars, and horseshoes, clovers, and blue moons, and making (laughs) the most outrageous things you've ever seen. It's hilarious. You forgot to slip uh, like and subscribe into that. Pots of golden rainbows and me red balloons. Yeah, yeah. All, yeah, the whole, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I love <laughs> I love this because Kyle is in awe of something that racing games has had for like 15 years. Sure. And I'm not terribly interested <laughs> in racing games. Right. And I still would love a kaiju in this thing. I would love organic bursting from the thing to make a zombie mech. Like aesthetically, it's not the perfect piece. And like I said, I would love some more just drama. Some more story handler is, uh, you know, kind of monotoned. And that's and that goes for both like English and Japanese. Like I was curious, like, oh, are we getting, you know, kind of an Americanized like we're all badasses kind of thing going on here? No, like the Japanese is the exact same thing. Really slow talk. I mean, granted, that's the that's the from soft style is, hey, <laughs> you're lost here. Like, oh, thank you for the world building. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> Okay. And to me, that all of that like is just a, another layer on top of how much this feels like a like it came out of the PS2 era to me. Yes, in like a good way. Like none of this is a put down. Like it really, uh, it really zapped me back to playing Zone of the Enders for like the first time. Yeah, or Ace Combat. Like or I know these games were back then, but but I never played them. What was the one Xbox so was crazy about? It was like Red Red Skies. I played that a Crimson lot. Skies? Crimson that Skies. That was a mech game. That was a that was a airplane game. No, but a similar kind of feel of like level based games. Like, it, it, yeah, no, Crimson Skies is a really good game. A little simplistic now, but yes. it was it was a great game for its time. I like the lock on. I the thing I don't like about jet games is just all the turning. I don't like having to readjust myself constantly. And even Rogue Squadron, like when I played that again. Uh, just a couple months ago, you know, I found my old copy and fired up and I was like, oh, the strafing is so boring. I hate having oh, to yeah. go in for one God run. God forbid you need to turn around. Yeah. And you got to as bad and... here. Like, I, you know, I'm not that deep in, but I I liked realizing the strategy of, oh, I should cut my boosters, drop behind this building, then turn around and then pop back out. Like do my turning around and cover kind of reorient myself and then the damn helicopter would just zoom ahead and i'm like i was trying to melee you you dick and it's not your build like that's the problem with the helicopter too is that is not like even i've even gotten pretty decent at this gone back to level one be like i'm gonna be great let's school this thing and still got beat because that's not the build i would use <laughs> yeah it's it's to me it just seemed like it was like just trying to teach me there's times to be aggressive and there's times to use the cover and you just need to get your timing right it reminded me a lot of an mmo in that way you know stagger aside you would expend your machine gun and now you have a window of off cooldown where you would apply said pressure with a sword or you wait for their rotation to complete My, i was I, I ended up what would help me beat it was going the other way like I, it was all about land sword hits because the sword chunks the helicopter just absolutely chunks it. Your your missiles is like nothing. But the, the sword, you just like watch like an eighth of the health bar go away. And you're just like, oh, that's satisfying. That's fair. I checked out some streams on Friday because I was kind of curious about it. Christian was kind of curious about it. And all I saw in the chat was, LOL, imagine using a sword on this boss. So I was like, oh, I guess I shouldn't sword. And 
you know, now you're saying you should sword. So I think that is a no, wonderful... I think you should sword. Yeah, like most, yeah. like most FromSoft games, it's build-based, it's your own, what you bring to it, and if you can cheese a boss down, it ain't cheese. The game asked that of you in the first place. It demanded yeah. the cheese. Yeah, uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. So, like, yeah, you, maybe you'll get to watch my successful run, but, like, I feel like... I feel like my brain figured something out. So, but it's, it's really, um, it, it's, it's really kind of triggering a, like a fantasy for me that I kind of forgot that I liked. I liked Max. Like I was really into Gundam in my early teens and, uh, any, like those kind of mech games that were on PlayStation two at the time. And, uh, I've talked about it before. My favorite Gundam is OHMS team. And this is at least the early levels are really scratching that itch of like that fantasy of like uh, dipping behind a building and then coming out the other side to finish the kill or like it's a little faster pace than something like that but it's pretty close for me and so uh, aesthetically i'm surprised how much i like this game and the world building you know it's a very gray world and they do mess with the palette you get deeper into i think i'm on like mission six or something like that so i'm not terrible because i've gotten so obsessed with just making money and working on my machine and there's lots of other training missions, arena missions, and all that that you start unlocking. But the theming is really good. Like, they do add in some nice little lines of people being like, Oh my god, it's an AC! Oh, we're, we're flying our crappy little robots! There's no way! We can't beat it, everybody! Like, I, would I want that pumped up to 11? Hell yeah! Would I love... Yeah. You know, would I love little people running in terror of me? Hell yeah! Would I like some cars on the streets? Oh yeah! Would I like to kick a car into a robot? That'd be badass. <laughs> That's my my only critique is like I I've seen some chatter about it. ah it doesn't look that great. There's something about it that does look a little dated to me. I don't mind it. It performs so well. Granted, I'm cranking it through a 4090, so I should probably just shut up. Anyway, I'm playing it um, on PlayStation Five, and I think it looks good. I w- I wish the destruction had, had a little more oomph to it. Like when you, when you, I was really excited when I hit a tree and it just fell apart, but it's like, it has like no weight at all. I'm like, I want a little more physics to the tree destruction. Or when I hit like a radio tower, like I'm glad they do break, but I wish it was a little, I wish it was a little more polish on that. It's not yeah. as satisfying as I think it could be. Yeah. And who knows if that's just limitations like that much happening at once. This whole level is without load screens. Yeah. It's a level though, which could suggest that there'd be room for that sort of thing. I think the weirdest thing to me is kind of the canned smoke graphic that we're seeing in a lot of video games right now. And I think I think we've mastered, we've advanced a lot from our old smoke where you could definitely tell there was like one PNG being repeated over and over again to make the smoke pile. Yeah, the, the smoke looks a little um, 360 to me. It, it looks a little green screened off YouTube. You know, it, it's a, it's a little <laughs> stock footage. Well, that's how, that's how, typically how you do smoke is, is usually a, a compilation of 2D assets because running a simulation like that would cripple even the best card on the market. Right. right. Now. And if you get into like Demon Slayer and you're watching a lot of modern anime, good looking ones like they they hand draw. It's a hand drawn look some of the time, but then the effects can be very computerized in that way and i'm getting that feeling in this game as well uh it's Mm. disingenuous to say it looks bad but if you went by a stream and it was getting you know funneled through that tube and by the time you saw it and received it and the streamers you know dashing around causing it to rip a little bit i think it's fair to say it 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 doesn't it it is not a uh top tier 
pusher of what is capable in video game visuals right now. But I also think it's disingenuous to say it looks bad. Like, I think it looks good. I think it looks like it should. Uh, and it, it definitely has a style and it's it's nailing what it's setting out to to look like. You're just barking up the wrong tree, because when you're hanging out in that loadout screen and it says, would you like to turn on ray tracing for photo mode? That communicates everything about the audience for this game. You don't need to know more than that. People are here to take <laughs> big pictures of their cool mech they've made and possibly yeah. drive them at the end of the two hour process. Yeah, yeah. No, like the, at the end of my session, I was like, I'm really happy with how this looks. I just wish the destruction. Like, I wish that's that's where I want a little more oomph. But yeah, I just want more. Ah, I want more people. Ah, cars. <laughs> you just want more people. Oh my yeah. god, it's a god. Oh my god, he's so amazing. But I didn't <laughs> I, realize that's a trope I love. I, I didn't realize like I had a hole in my gamer diet for something like this too i'm usually playing a multiplayer game right now that's final fantasy 14 you know run a dungeon here or there or something like that but just a level based game is so fresh in this world of gigantic games you know you walk around the corner of Baldur's gate you're like okay clearly i've definitely this is just a tower no it's seven levels high with a basement that spawns out into caverns and everything in that game is giant it's so nice to just have a get to your objective thing on the screen it, it lives and dies by its controls like and it, it it's it's spartan by design like it's your the game you have is the game they intended to make that's that's all that you need um it's just so satisfying to control these damn things uh, i'm sure i'm gonna get frustrated by bosses my I'm, the funny thing is is like i'm having a good time because anything that's not a boss so far dumb ass easy to kill and it's like a power fantasy for me that i wasn't expecting from something with FromSoft stamped on it like, like i'm just living out my murder gundam machine fantasy at the moment yeah they do a good job with that power in the beginning and Once of I course past that damn helicopter you start meeting more acs and the difficulty ramps up and yeah, they, they know what they did with that helicopter that that was pure stream bait they know exactly what they did <laughs> It was, I mean, for like, whatever, there's no point. There's no point in critiquing as a truth were young. There's no point in critiquing um, <laughs> the FromSoft style. Like, but like, like my brain does go like this went from like a difficulty of one to like 85 instantly because everything else in that first level is cake. And then you get the helicopter and it's just like it just bodies you. <laughs> so from a ramp up perspective, I, I question the intent, but but it's, I think that was the intent. Yeah, and it's level based, right? Like, so it's not I I probably could go level more in a game like Elden Ring or Baldur's Gate 3. I tend to basically log in, try out the thing I can't beat yet, go grind somewhere and log out and then try it again when I log back in. It's a fine style, but it means I waste a lot of time. So it's nice to just fire up an individual level here. Mm, yeah, it's like you get your little bite-sized puzzle to solve. Also, it's yeah, in front it, of you. Go conquer yeah. it, and it, it's appropriate, right? Like, there's nothing about like yeah. robots exploding that I need to like hide from the kids. At least so far, you know, there might be a level in the future, but it's all robots all the time. So playing it in the living room hasn't <laughs> been an issue, and honestly, they haven't been very interested in it. So we've gotten to get some good time into it, trading off. <laughs> 
It's like you said, it's not particularly colorful, although you can make your freaking AC day glow yes. if you want. Oh, that's that's the one I'm really going to this weekend. I'm going to sit down and really decal hunt because I want the full construction vehicle. I love hazard yellow and orange. And I want, you know, I want to get some biohazard, maybe like those weird squares. So why are, isn't why isn't heavy arms your favorite uh, Gundam from Gundam Wing? I need to look up heavy arms. It's been a while. He- heavy arms is like McDonald's livery. <laughs> what? It's red and yellow. <laughs> oh, I, I do like the orange. I, I like the orange. Uh, I think I think boob cannons are dumb. Oh, really? That, you don't that, like the, you don't like the a, chest? Uh, it's Gatlings? a big turn off when anything opens its chest to fire. A co- and I I think the limited missiles are kind of weird. I like swords. I do, I like infinite weapons. Uh, oh, I love heavy. Heavy arms is my second favorite Gundam and Gundam Wing. He's neat. He's neat. But yeah, there, there there are a couple of hiccups there. Also, I think I my my Gundam viewing was all when I was much younger, and it was way more based on the pilots than the actual robots. So that's mm. that's why I like Death Scythe so much. Not only a laser scythe, which is badass, but he seemed like the only guy who was having a good time. Duo is the only like fun character. Yeah, <laughs> amongst those pilots, everyone else is sad or overly preachy looking at you Catra yeah well you know uh, uh, heavy arms was driven by the dude with the big front tube hair which Troa he, he was kind of boring as I remember him in my I'm head. starting to wonder if you know what a tube looks like Kyle well you know what I mean it's like uh <laughs> it could be a mullet but he decided for it not to be <laughs> it's a front mullet it's just a reverse mullet in the front it's just long hair in the front. It's dumb looking, and it would totally been be in your face. At least wear goggles so that hair isn't poking you the whole time when you're. Someone in our product. Discord uh, did a full-on heavy arms custom paint job for their AC mech, and it looks pretty damn close. You can't get a head that looks like a Gundam, sadly, but no. But people have made decals, and you get a nice, like, square, smooth head, and then you put the decal of a Gundam face on it and kind of maximize <laughs> it out. Ah, it's not the same. I need I need a three D, uh, like crest, coming off my uh, my robot face. Yeah, I want to do it. like the green shark bomber look, but really I just want like heavy symboled hazard bot uh, lifter, mm. a lift lifter from Aliens Two. The uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Get away from her, you bitch. Yeah, yeah. With the with the black and white, the the bumblebee look. You know, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for you to see uh, my my first attempt at a paint scheme. I'm very happy with it. Awesome, dude. I'm, I'm glad you picked it up. <laughs> I'm impressed. I didn't think I was going to have a good time. I was just like, I don't have time for a game that makes me try. But it's just so fun to control. It's a very, so. yeah, it's a very different game. And uh, also, isn't like Elden Ring 2 kind of got like announced anyway this week? So there's plenty yes. of that on the horizon. Yeah, you're going to get more. You're going to get more uh, sword and board yeah. from, your, from your FromSoft. Or spellcasting, you know, however you like to play it. How, however you choose. I'd love to do a spellcast build of Elden Ring. Mm. Well, uh, let's take a, let's take some questions before we get to the long weekend. Sounds good. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. You can drop us a line in our Discord. Head on over to the members-only channels and uh, drop a question and ask the hosts. That's where our questions today came from. And uh, Pothy sent in a question that I uh, I've yanked out of that channel for here and said, uh, hey, uh, wanted to know, do you ever get nervous about going live for a stream or when recording a podcast with a guest? 
Uh, and then continue to ask, uh, how about when you do casting and BlizzCon and stuff like that? Uh, for streaming, has it become easier now that the community is full of familiar names and you mostly know what to expect from your audience? Uh, yes, I was nervous recently. I think I even mentioned it on stream. Hmm. It wasn't the most recent one. I think it was, maybe it was our first MSQ stream back. It had just been a while. And I was just like, and I saw a lot of buzz and people were stoked. And I was just like, yeah, I hope I, I hope I'm entertaining enough. Um, But that usually goes away pretty quickly once I'm hanging with Kyle. So like, I feel like we've got it easy because we got someone else to play off of. Yeah, I remember being a lot more nervous when I was doing solo streams, particularly uh, has Twitch gamified their production systems and it was more about like congratulations you've unlocked playing you're streaming 12 hours a day go for 48 for a bonus package kind of weird stuff like you, there was that energy like can i make the perfect stream can i make the perfect overlay and my camera frame is perfect and my green screen is perfect behind me like will this be the game that allows me to start doing this more professionally and i'd spend a lot a lot of hours like setting up nowadays how many green screens do you really see and a lot of them aren't, aren't really great. No one cares anymore. I hate them. I hate green screens. You need too many lights. Yeah. It makes the room hotter than shit. Yes. Yeah, like, that's all true. I absolutely hate green screens, and I would like to never use one again if I can help it. Well, and you've also got lots of psychological things. This is a different conversation, but psychological things like what happened to Ninja. Ninja would stream with a bed in the background, which to me, I always see a bed in the background. Are we going to pose on it? Why is, there's a, why is there a bed there? <laughs> <laughs> like you, it seems weird then sometimes it's made i judge you based on if your bed is made or not you know it happens but that room with the bed communicated to so many people young people watching ninja and they're like oh he's just like me and people who had you know the spare money wanted to support him were like hey you know here i see your bed i see you're working out of your bedroom like I, i'm so happy to support you but as he went and the red bull canisters replaced his background and he went full gamer lights his support fell off because people basically said to the self, oh man, this guy's already rich. He doesn't need my money. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting process thinking about the the streaming psychology of that stuff. But certainly in the past mm. when my streams were smaller, I'd, I'd say I had way more stream nerves, hoping that this was going to be a big thing. I went through theater growing up, so I have conditioned myself that all my nerves are on the back end of the things I do. And I do get nervous before guests, like particularly we're meeting for the first time. I got nervous before Jesse. I got nervous before Preach and anyone I meet for the first time because I am an introvert. But I have mm. developed a skill to basically be like, ain't got time for you. Squash that down. But the second the stream turns out, I might be here like, whoa, Woo! OK, here's here's all that introverted energy I put away. <laughs> Let's go hide. <laughs> Yeah, the come down is, is is hard for me after streams, but that's that's usually it's like the the good side of nerves. It's like I just had so much fun, and now my body is just awake and ready to go do things. But it if it's Thursday and now it's like one or two in the morning, and now I just need to sleep. But my I keep my body won't shut down. Um, yeah, I don't get that nervous anymore. It's definitely gotten easier, but yeah, I still get nervous. It's the it's the easy answer. I was nervous as shit doing the hearthstone casting thing last year i'm sure well, it wasn't that was like anything new. i'd ever done yeah yeah I, I i'd done blizzcon panels I, I i've done plenty of public speaking but the the casting i did for hearthstone last year uh scared the living shit out of me um i was so nervous i was up till like 1 a.m like going over the the run of show 
and just like thinking about how to segue between things, which I've never done. Like we we do this. I don't plan this show out ahead of time. We have some light bullet points for what we're going to talk about. And I pull segues out of my ass. Um, But I was literally thinking about like, how do I, how do do I segue to this? How do I segue for that? How do I prepare for this eventuality? You know, and then thinking about um, bouncing off Slissa as a co-host. And I ended up, I'm, I'm, it was, that was probably the scariest thing I've done in my adult life in terms of being in public. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I can, I can definitely feel that the, the onstage stuff like, uh, you know, podcast panels or anything like that is, can be a lot easier because you could just have lights in your face and you can't really see anybody. <laughs> so that, that can help, you know, dismiss the audience from your brain. But yeah, honestly, I think it's easier with an audience like, cause you, they react and you can, adjust and feed off of that whereas the the casting thing i was in a studio and it was just me and one other person (laughs) and if i screwed up like just it's over like it's just you're just sitting there screwing up um and and everyone else that is there is there working for this thing that you just now dropped the ball on yeah yeah it's different for every production too like uh, last night i was thinking about it you know we we finished so late doing our stream there was one point where you're like kyle doesn't have anything more to say he just said the same thing four times over so he could sound more right and for some reason that popped in my head i was like why did oh yeah yeah because i'm used to podcasting don't talk so we don't explode basically like you gotta <laughs> fill the air on streaming it's not such a big deal there's visuals and other, but i do have a tendency to just like keep talking to fill air and i would say the most nervous i ever was was way back in the starcast days when we were interviewing starcraft pros and there was this air and I don't know why it happened. And I, I'm, maybe it was DJ Wheat. Like, to put put responsibility on it probably isn't the right call. But somebody in that sphere started no fluff. What was Slasher, maybe? There was this no fluff thing that everyone covering esports was into. Oh, that interview was all fluff. Oh, this show is fluff. Oh, that stream is fluff. And so everyone was, like, really pressuring each other to do hard-hitting interviews. And it sounds ridiculous now because you're interviewing like 19 year olds and you're going to give them the hard truth, you know, really uh, stick it to them. And if you got a blizzard dev on them on your show, you better be hard. And that's where it made more sense because everyone was like, who can ask the meanest, most intrusive question to a dev? Right. Like, and and that would freak me out because not only do I not want to be mean to a dev, but I would I would rehearse in my head these you know shower like ooh, uh, goes the shampoo bottles kind of conversations where you judge how far you can take something and now that's a lot easier right like you know to, like preach you know i i know i've seen his comments about quitting world of warcraft and you want to meter that question so it's interesting but it's not uncomfortable for the person you're interviewing and mm. i was proud of that interview and i thought we had all had a really good time he got to tell that story without it being pressured but there was this horrible time period now 10 years ago where everybody wanted to be horribly uncomfortable for some reason. I think it's a, I also think it's like just a legitimately shit interview tactic. Like, God, if you can just get people to keep talking, you're going to get something. Right. And that's one of the best interview suggestions I ever got was, and, and that's what you say. Like, you don't say, how did that make you feel? Or, Oh, your father must have been responsible. Like, no, you just say, 
and or you're not a therapist yeah yeah you're not you're not trying and i of course think of that awful you're a glorified page turner on someone else's story right well and i think of that awful just atrocious robert downey jr interview where the guy tried to make it about his father right like that we've all seen oh, when yeah, these I'm things of it. go a little too hard and way too far and robert downey jr did the right thing and said interviews over and left and that should always be an option okay huh go figure yeah, I haven't seen that one, but yeah, uh, it's, I, I, yeah, that's, that's, I think the nerves come from the StarCraft interviews too, but really it's just because we had quite a few pro players who were just duds. Yeah, well, <laughs> you couldn't, it was like blood from stone yeah, <laughs> trying and, to get them to say anything interesting. And it's a skill you learn, right? I've now interviewed tons of pro players and the vast majority of them aren't teachers. And people who are really, you know, the whole, like, if you can't do teach, that's not really true. It's more that a lot of people who are really, really good at things don't understand how to articulate why they're good at something. They, they've never taught before. So when you ask them, why are you so good at Zerg? They don't know. Or they don't know where to begin or how to take it in baby steps in order to explain it. And they end up just diving into the deep end with, the usual stuff you hear at a sports interview, 110% and you practice lots and I've got a great team and it goes a bit more Oscars. I want to thank mm -hmm. the Academy kind of way. Yeah. So I that was, that was, a, yes, that was a learned skill, but we did have some interviews that were straight up. Uh, people seem very angry to be there, which was weird. <laughs> there, are, there are a few of those I can count on like one hand, but I remember them and I will never invite them on a show again. No, it, it was weird. <laughs> people fall into jobs all the time. Sometimes they don't like the job they're in and, Somehow yeah. we ended up in a world of passion where, where passion was at a premium uh, esports style. And it was this city of gold before all the fallout. And we realized that, you know, the producers, the uh, the agencies were just as scummy as any agency you've ever heard of in any sport. Yeah. And we weren't doing interviews for a while, especially over on Into the Nexus. We had like recurring guests that we knew we liked and were a good fit. And so we would bring them back on. Um, which I think, I think Jesse is <laughs> becoming is kind of getting that that uh, well, yeah. Speaking of somebody who can teach for us speak, right now, and yeah, work his way but, through um, the words. But yeah, um, so I yeah, that's why I kind of got nervous when we started having guests on this show again. Is I started thinking, I'm like, man, it's been a while since we've like had guests on that we haven't on, had on before. And suddenly uh, it's 10 years ago, it's Wings of Liberty, and and, uh, and I'm like, please God, let today's guest be good. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been great. I've thoroughly enjoyed every guest we've had on. Agreed. Yeah. It's been super easy. Uh, Fjord Explorer wrote in and, uh, there's a reason I saved this because there's, we're, we're going to, there's going to be some spoilers, Kyle. Oh, Fjord Explorer asks with all the spoiler talk that always pops up during your final fantasy 14 journey across any media what is a the most significant thing that was ever spoiled for you and b the most significant things others in your life were concerned about having spoiled for you but turned out to not actually be a big deal when you got to it hmm i mean i've got that friend i think we all have that <laughs> friend who says this isn't a spoiler but, yes, and we then, both are friends with Scott Johnson. Well, Scott's not exactly the best at it, but I've got I've got my text buddy, my text buddy Dan. I talk about Magic the Gathering, Armored Core, like whatever I'm playing. You know, I've I've been like, oh yeah, I do that on stream. He's like, uh huh. Anyway, like he doesn't give a shit. 
that I do anything publicly. <laughs> he doesn't care about what I do. He's just like, whatever, whatever. Tell me your opinion. And he he does that a lot. So I sort of squint through his texts a lot of the time. But I also am a terrible villain, as Garrett knows. And I often skip to the end of a series in order to see if I like the animation or I like how things are looking. If uh, the lighting looks decent during an Obi-Wan fight with Vader and I make my decision there if I'm going to watch it or not. So, it's like you're just trying to so, incite me. And, and so like in that way, I do find an isolated moment and then say, oh, how did we get here and judge it based on that? And sometimes I sort of purposefully take this weird moment in the future and spoil myself to it to see if I even want to make the investment. But as for like a spoiler, I was straight up upset about. I think most of them happen in trailers. I hate when trailers give away the goose. And there's an example that's very old I can think of. The trailer for Judgment Day that was like, one has come to protect. And they showed Arnold Schwarzenegger and one has come to destroy. And it showed the T-1000. I was like, what? What? Why would you? But you just gave away like the whole the tension of the early movie where the cop might be the good guy and the Arnold Schwarzenegger the bad guy. Been after it came out, right? I thought the entire balancing act of that movie's original marketing push was they didn't let that out of the bag. Until no, they did. The yeah, on, on one of the original trailers, they put that out, and I think that's, uh, that's horrible. It's a shame. It is beautifully set up and executed in the movie itself. And as and as you are. Uh, making your way through the movie and the cop and Arnold and, you know, the flowers and all that. Like it's, it's an interesting dynamic. It would be come with me if you want to live. That's pretty deep into it. Right. But uh, that, that's an example. I think that's a great example. I wasn't old enough to experience that trailer, but I'm using it as what I don't like when trailers do. And sometimes it's just like when they're doing particularly, I really hate when they do the churn, 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 churn thing at the end of the trailer and show a bunch of flash images and then always there's some boss that curls up its damn hands and then the spit flies out of the mouth and well now i don't give a shit you just you just showed me the kraken you just showed me the boss i'm i'm done and that that stuff upsets me the most is when they give away movies There's like one kind of specific thing in there and the rest is just a tirade against trailers. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not actually really all that super anti trailer, but th- those are the kind of spoilers that bother me. Uh, mm. I, I'd say probably my biggest like cultural spoiler would probably be Memento and Fight Club were all thoroughly spoiled for me by the time I saw them. Oh, um, I don't think Fight Club was spoiled for me. I've never seen Memento. Oh, and uh, Sixth Sense. Like, all all the, all the. Oh, movies. yeah, yeah, no. Uh, a spoiler, my answer involves spoilers for the Sixth Sense and Death Note, so run. Um, uh, I had, uh, he was dead all along, spoiled for me in the Sixth yep. Sense before I watched it. Which, honestly, still a pretty entertaining movie if you know that, because it's real cute how they hint to the, that fact all the way throughout the movie. Um, and, uh, it was in, uh, like a history of comics class in art school while I had just started watching death note and somehow got brought up in class and a kid behind me in class was like, oh yeah, I can't believe they killed L. And I was just like, you fuck. <laughs> I actually yelled at him. <laughs> there was a audible um, groan. We, we, it was Fandango time period. I know they're still around, but you know, when we actually cared about Fandango and thought it was a decent deal 
and I was standing outside Matrix 3. Oh, you mean the actual uh, ticket-buying website, yeah, yeah. not the joke name for a character in a game we're playing right now? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, very okay. same. And I was standing in line for Matrix 3, and some kids came out doing, oh, well, oh, really sucked. They killed Neo, and the whole line just, oh, across the whole movie theater line. <laughs> oh! <laughs> what a bad, that's not cool. That is just bad no. etiquette. We live in a society. What are you doing? It, w- it was wrong of them. Now, was I a dick kid, too? I would come up with fake spoilers and sometimes say them as I left the movie theater. Yes, I did that. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. I was, a, I was an edgy piece of shit. You know, what can I say? I'm glad I met you later in life. <laughs> I think we all have those friends. Where, where was this? Was there like two years where you had an attitude in between being an overly sensitive child? <laughs> Okay, for the audio audience, oh my god, can you imagine? Oh my, so people put you in a corner your whole life and then you spend your teens breaking out of that corner. How could this happen? How did he become a goth kid? Hmm, how strange. Yeah, right? Oh god. Yeah, I, I mean, as for t- I just, just don't tell, don't tell me the friggin' ending of things. Like, don't, don't oh. tell me the ending of th- I remember we had to go to a concert um, the night of the Breaking Bad finale and we were like super super into breaking bad and i remembered like because to me it's still t- to this day habit like uh idle hands i open twitter yeah like, it's just i don't even think about it it just happens and i remember just like and katie was driving back and just like don't look at your phone don't look at your phone don't look at your phone and i didn't get spoiled because i didn't look at my phone but like that's the kind of thing like just don't tell me how shit ends i don't want to know don't hint at it. My brother's really bad about this. <laughs> and he doesn't even think about it. He just starts talking about it. He'll be like, um, when that cl- the, the new Clone Wars, uh, that final season dropped, he's he, I'm, like a second. It'd be like 3 a.m. Because that's when it would drop. I get a text from, you see it? Yeah, and he just starts going off about it. I'm like, dude, oh. stop. Oh. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I also, I mean, I do tend to just not believe things sometimes, too, after those experiences. So I didn't believe Snape, mm. killed, Snape kills Dumbledore when that happened. I was like, bullshit. That's not happening. That's a lie. Yeah, I didn't believe it either. And then when it did happen, I'm like, there's going to be some twist. Yeah. Right? Like, he didn't just kill. He just like, <laughs> kind of don't really like the end of Harry Potter. <laughs> I... Yes, yes, I agree. Uh, Expelliarmus yeah. was super lame, in my opinion, but... Uh, Nah. <laughs> yeah literally i mean every other character has some pretty rad moments like like leonardo like cyclops harry potter's kind of dull yeah yeah so without even getting into the modern reasons why it's sure. a complicated discussion yeah absolutely yeah when i'm innocently listening to my audiobooks with the legendary jim dale you know we we didn't know about a lot of these things and that's more yeah. the time period i'm talking about but yeah i would say the majority of spoilers that i hear i i don't believe or they're so deep in that the journey there will be interesting enough to get to. Mm, yeah, yeah. As to things people were worried about that ended up being a bit like I, I really haven't experienced anything like that until we started streaming Final Fantasy 14. So like Blizzard fans don't give a shit. <laughs> no, like PTR's up. Let's all watch the cutscene we did. Like, just watch the cutscene before you even play the game. Like, like no one cares. Um, 
it's such a it's it, the way people who do care about the story experience the story I, and speaking generally here is so different compared to final fantasy players um so i i really i cannot think of of anything like where anyone was concerned if anyone was concerned i was concerned too it was like major finales like like breaking bad was one i remember all my friends were like really worried about getting spoiled on pirates three that one ended up not being a big deal because that movie's dumber than shit that's an interesting that's an interesting one to put a lot of weight on and the all of my all like everyone i knew was obsessed with pirates man like huh. those, those like we were proper fans when pirates was new and still rolling out interesting like, I remember listening to the soundtrack ahead of time, and it got kind of somber. I'm like, oh, shit, I think someone dies in this movie. <laughs> um, I used to listen to the pirate soundtrack a lot when I was painting. Sure, instrumental, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but no, nah, I mean, I, I can't think of a non-Final Fantasy example. Fan Fest is a huge one. Oh, yeah. so profoundly not a big deal. Yeah, and that's also uh, an ability to turn your brain off at certain points but it'd just be easier if we wanted to like cheat to read a wiki was probably the weirdest part about that experience you know you you get into a nitty-gritty conversation of what every individual person considers a spoiler because everyone's different i don't i don't think seeing something is a spoiler for me like in very rare cases it it, it, like to me context is a spoiler Telling me why something is like just seeing a thing out of context. I'm just like, okay, I still don't know what it is. It's not like I saw a cosplayer I didn't recognize. And suddenly, like, just by looking at them, I went, I know your name and the entire reason you're here and your entire arc. And if you die or live and why? Like, right. I, I don't know. They didn't run around yelling spoilers about the characters. Well, and as I said, when we got back on that stream, don't ask me to analyze that. You know, I'm not going to think about it too much because I have that ability. I've seen Jurassic World. Like, I. I can put my brain away at times and be okay and just kind of ride on. Yeah, spoilers are, they're, they're so intensely personal. And as yeah. I just showed, and, you know, when we talk about someone like being like, you've seen the, the cinematic trailer, go watch the gameplay trailer. Hell no, I don't want to see in game. <laughs> that, that's, that's my I will when I'm current. I'm not doing it when I have, and, have the game right in front yeah. of me and I can go play it. And we run a YouTube and will I, you know, will I be sad that we're going to watch those? Yes, but also it'll be fun and I'll have a good time hanging out with you watching them. But yeah, that, that's that's a line I like to make for myself. I don't mind the upblown graphics version, but I don't want to see the in-game because that to me is the spoiler. Just like my chun-chun-chun conversation I just had. Like, don't show me. Don't show me the goods. Now, if we're talking about the trailers I hate the, the most, it's video game trailers where they do the walk thing. I hate that. Like, there's a different conversation here. But if there's one thing I hate most about trailers. Oh, did you did you see the new Space Space Marine trailer? And is that what you're referencing? Did they do the walk, walk thing? Trailer. No. It's a walk thing. They're just walking around. Oh, look I... at how pretty our environment is. And I'm just like, yes, it's 2023. Your environment's going to look good. Oh, my Let's God. Let's get on with this. Yeah. When when you're when they like I get that it was like an ed- editing Marvel because they match the run cycle for the person. But, you know, the generic fantasy music's playing. They, they're just like, I'm running through a field. I'm running up a mountain. I'm running in the snow. I just, I hate that. To me, your game has nothing to show me. That, that is oh, dead no, on you're talking about something more specific. Yeah. Uh, they put out a, their first like look at the gameplay of Space Marine 2. 
and they're just slowly walking. You know what I'm talking about where you barely dip the joystick forward and you yep. don't engage the, the, the full run speed? You're just doing that. You can like, practice the environment with- looks good, but like... Of course, it's better. It's, it's 2023. <laughs> you can practically feel the forearms of the guy on stage being flexed as he holds the PlayStation remote just in front of everybody. Tries, just yep. tries to Keep hold it smooth. Yeah, yeah. That, uh-huh. That's rough. Yeah, yeah. It does look good. It does look very pretty, though. I, I think I might, I might play Space Marine too. <laughs> the Space Marine one was fun enough. I didn't beat it, but it was fun enough. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. Watch someone else play it and didn't, I'm didn't it see it finish, uh, but it I looks mean, cool. Yeah, they're showing... Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of a... This is always a bit of a red flag, too, now, after years of weird games. This looks like it'll be fun, and they have a good track record. Yeah, the first one was good. I think this will be good. It looks good, so... But you romance your environment so much, I start to think of Diablo 4. I start to think of... Uh, what was the Dark Tide? Really kind of had a lot of trailers that were romancing the environments and didn't have a lot to show. And currently I'm vindicated on that. It was hard for us to pet the dog thing. I'm vindicated on that. What? Remember when I was getting at you when I was saying that Diablo 4 is going to be bad because the devs were saying it was hard to make a dog get pet? I'm right about that now. So I'm I'm one for one on dogs (laughs) being hard to pet, meaning a game's going to struggle. That's uh, that's, that's a little um, reductive, but sure, (laughs) buddy, I'll give you this one. I'll give you this one. I don't think Diablo 4 is a bad game. I think no. it's a game I'm not interested in. No, I'm not interested in the grind of it either. I was in it for the yeah. story. But we, 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 won't, we won't ride that ride again. <laughs> We've ridden it. Uh, uh, right now in chat, uh, uh, like a female dog says, uh, do you think there's a show you watched where spoilers would have ruined the show? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, like I don't want to know how... Uh, any show I watch, maybe Dexter would have saved me some time and I would have skipped the final season. I've heard that's um, pretty awful. Um, it's, it's bad. The revival season was decent. Um, I, I didn't want to know the end of breaking bad. I didn't want to know the uh, better call Saul's ending really would have ruined it. Cause I think it's a triumphant ending. It like it. I, th- I think it's a beautiful character piece and it didn't go the direction I thought it was going to go in a way that I didn't think was like, just intentionally subversive. I think it, it felt earned. Um, yeah, there's no show I really want spoilers for it. Maybe just bad ones that I wish I hadn't wasted my time on. Yeah. And a bad ending can absolutely ruin a show, but you know, it's also about your investment. Like I remember, you know, mass Effect three and I'm not in that stage of my life anymore. I can't go into the time chamber and say, well, no sleep till done. Cause I need that sleep to dad. <laughs> properly emotion and be emotionally stable and everything else I re- require. You know, I was sick last week and I went to lay down for a nap. And I had two kids climbing on my face the whole time. You know, they were just excited that mountain dad had laid down and it was playground time in that regard. Uh, I've had to give up my sick movies too. I think that's one of the toughest parts, honestly, is when I get sick, I can't put on my aliens twos and my heavy metals and my, yeah. my usual roundabouts. And I think there's a lot of there's a lot of media where like it just doesn't matter like 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 shonen anime like Dragon Ball Z you think the good guys win you you think they you think they probably ultimately Maybe. win like yeah like that's knowing that wouldn't really matter um, like I remember when I was watching Doctor Who for the first time I've read a ton of that shit spoiled but I didn't really like know when it came up or why people cared. I had a lot of out of context spoilers for Doctor Who. And so when I got there, I'm like, oh, that's why everybody says don't blink. Oh, that's 
that's oh, why everybody fair. yells Alonzi. Oh, that's why they're like, I, you know, that's why people say I don't want to go. Like, yeah, that's a big one too. A lot of stills from scenes and quotes, and the fan the fandom is 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 ravenous for Doctor Who. Um, but when I watched it, I was like, it still it didn't really didn't feel like any of that impacted me. Other than I judged it immediately, like, is that worth being uh, endlessly quoted by the fandom or not? Which, by the way, Don't Blink is. That episode is basically perfect. It is good. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a fan of, hey, who turned out the lights? That's probably my favorite. Oh, Sounds the Library is yeah. fantastic. Blink was good. Yeah. It was overhyped for me. Like, that's just a classic overhype. But it's not that bad. Like, that's, it's- I, I, just, I just heard the quote a bunch. So, like, I, I, I went in, like, Katie and I went in by ourselves pretty much. Like, we were vaguely, we had our interest peak because we saw a lot of cosplay at the local Comic-Con one time. We're like, why does everyone give a shit about this weird British show? Um, so we started watching it. And we really enjoyed it. So, yeah. The camera work was so mind-bending at that time period i would just say it was bad well, the, <laughs> until well, matt smith that shit looks like a 90s show no but bbc uses that weird frame rate and like all their shows it, it was that was the time period i got into i think it maybe was maybe doctor who was like one of the first do they use it do they use like a higher frame rate like a uh like a soap opera yeah yeah and so like everything's kind of crisp and weird was my initial reaction to it Mm, maybe i mean i think just up until matt smith it's just like the production quality was just low yeah like yeah. everything up through david Tennant. as much as i love that stuff like it looks a decade older than it was and then uh moffat came in and they did matt smith and moffat brought all of his fancy sherlock you know crap with him um and i can take or leave moffat but the it, the show looks a lot better once smith comes on board and I was very accustomed to the attitude. There's a show, there's two shows I watched growing up a lot was there was one called My Hero, which was a BBC, a BBC comedy. And then uh, Ted, Preacher Ted, Ted. Dancing? Ted, Ted the Priest? No, it's not, it's not that bad. It was like, a, it was a show about three priests uh, and they would like help their local Hamlet out with chat is suggesting father ted father ted yeah i watched a lot of father ted father ted was funny father ted was never funny. heard of it yeah no it's <laughs> uh overwhelmed british folk is basically the theme of it oh graham norton's in it huh oh this is older yeah it was a while ago it was a while ago ended in 98 ended in 98 yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and my hero is probably equally as old. You know, this is back when, like, the Red Green show was on and stuff like that, too. Mm, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, now we didn't get into BBC until, I think it was Sherlock. Right? Like, we heard it was kind of good, and I like any, I will watch any adaptation of Sherlock, any of them. And I like pretty much all of them for different reasons. And we were like, oh, this is fun. And then Doctor Who got on our radar, and then we watched, like, Broadchurch, which, by the way, that first season's amazing. That's one. That I mean, it's a literal whodunit. Like, I don't want to spoil the that. <laughs> Clearly. So. Did you get into the Downton Abbey uh, craze that happened three years ago? No. No. Not at all. I, I'm not into that genre. <laughs> You're not into what I... Uh, I call it the O genre. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> when, I'm not when into... people walk in and say, Did you hear Missy had an accident? Oh. <laughs> That's that's the drama of the moment. Just not not into vaguely Victorian decorum drama. I do love um, 
I do love Sense and Sensibility, though. I think. Uh, yeah, Austin. I can't do I like that Jane, stuff. I like Jane Austen stuff. Yeah, I, just, I can't. I can't do that stuff with Colin Firth. Yeah, it's good stuff. I do like Colin Firth, but no. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. That's okay. That's a that's a non-starter for me. Oh, yeah. oh, faulty, faulty. I was too young for Faulty Towers. That my grandma watched Faulty Towers. I can't. Yeah. Blackadder was good too. Anyway, this conversation's gone uh, places now. Yep, now we're just naming shows. Yeah, now we're now just we, naming we, shows. We are now every podcast ever. Yep. We're just naming shows. Just naming things. Uh, and now we're going to name this the end of the podcast. Kyle, you got some music for me? Very well. It is the generic music today, but we were play, up till Play me late. out. So please. Now I'm gray. Enjoy. There's no more There's no more Garrett. I'm gone. Kyle, on your screen. What? There you it's go. a podcast. Live. Advance. <laughs> Also, Discord doesn't like being minimalized. Uh, it gets upset. We want to thank our badass patrons for supporting us. Check out uh, supportourbromance.com. You can support everything Kyle and I are making by uh, heading over to our Patreon. And we want to thank our most recent patrons, Zachary A., our newest legendary level backer, Jeremy. Oh, nice. Welcome. Thank you, Jeremy. As well as Ivan S., James R., and Flighted Wings. Again, uh, if you want to support us, get some perks, check out supportourbromance.com. Also, uh, we want to thank our legendary level backers. Thank you to Sean B., Mike R., my gray box again, Stephen J., (laughs) Das. Stop it, the podcast! (laughs) Sean with an E-A-B, Cheesy Bob, and Jeremy. Welcome to the lineup. Really appreciate it, everybody. Uh, you can find me sometimes visible on the stream or on Twitter at Garrett Art. You can find Kyle at Kyle Ferguson. And you can find our joint account at Garrett and Kyle. It's, it's the site hasn't killed itself yet. It's still <laughs> smoldering in the distance, <laughs> the, barely functioning. We're getting rid of the ban, right? Isn't that they're, they're doing the you're getting rid of banning uh, or muting, something? Muting, muting or yes. blocking. Blocking, yeah. I think you can't, it won't be able to block people. It's just one bad decision after the next, but I'm not going to go to Blue Sky. It's stuffier than a, whatever British shows Kyle are watching over there. I think I'm going to just get back into texting, my friends, is just what no, I'm going to no do. No one's having to, you, you, please, for the love of God, advertise what we do on the internet, you you madman <laughs> you are required you're required i tweeted Kyle, I'm this sorry. i tweeted this <laughs> i tweet all our streams whatever we agree on <laughs> that isn't a weird i will follow version of twitter wait kinky was that what you said G- gate kept oh, uh, ga- oh, oh you right, you have to, like get an invite or something yeah ridiculous yeah. like that uh, it's okay. fine but like no one's having fun over there there's just not enough people it's just bunch of game developers talking to each other yeah and they're not always nice to each other are they <laughs> they can be very competitive threads is more fun but there's so many advertisements on it like it's just uh it's just this no, nothing is uh still nothing's twitter sadly yeah yeah still nothing's I like twitter. discord discord's really like- i like discord but it doesn't it's it's a very different service it gives me that old forum vibe that i miss mm, i like forums yeah. Which is very different. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really a place for advertising. No. We're talking about what you do. Anyway. You don't know what thanks to for do. hanging, everybody. <laughs> 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 we'll see you next week. Uh, um, I'm leaving today. GG. Take care, everybody. <laughs>